Up and Adam in the morning lives here. You're home for Up and Adam in the morning. It is the Crush 92.5744. Happy Thursday. Man, this week feels like it's gone by so fast. Has it felt like a fast week to you? It has. It, it has, actually. It's just been like, I, you know, but I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, that's the voice of Jimmy Paulding. Jimmy Paulding is uh, running for supervisor. We had Lynn Compton in yesterday. Uh, we're having Jimmy Paulding. And I can't believe this is the first time we, we've met. I'm I'm. I'm excited that we're meeting. Yeah, in fact, I saw you. I was downtown because you have a real like you. You look like a news anchor. Like you have yeah. a real defining chin. You you look and then nobody looks like you. The Jay Leno chin. You, yeah, it is a little Jay Leno, but it's not really. Like, more than I would say like news anchor. It's a strong chin. Um, but I thought I, I, no, I thought I saw you. I saw you like just on Garden Street sometime maybe a month or so ago. Just like on a Saturday, just on the weekend or something. I was like, oh shoot, that's. Because we have a we have a mutual friend, Steve Moffat. Yeah, Steve's great. I know he comes on your show a lot. I really like him. He's a good good dude. It's everything about wine. Smart guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you read his books? His, um, uh, I got, have his books. I've spirit, not read them yet. Yeah, you got to yeah. check them out. They're, they're, it's interesting. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good stuff. So, what is it like? Now, I've always wanted to, and I remember asking um, Frank Meacham this, who um, used to be mayor of Paso, then was supervisor for a while. Now he's smart. He's just retired. But... Um, I asked him, like, is there a big difference from, like, the city level being on the city council or mayor or whatever to, like, the supervisorial level? And he's like, oh, my God, you have no idea. Like, the the vitriol, the the, the gossiping, the, it's a whole other level of BS. Why why do you even want to do it? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Well, because I think, um, in large part, we, we can change that. Um, it really, we can't. It's just going to be the way it is. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> it is. It matter. I mean, the people matter, though. I mean, yeah. So one of my messages is let's try to strive toward the goal of nonpartisanship at the local level. And some people just kind of, uh, you know, think that that's impossible. But um, on the AG City Council, you know, we have been very civil. We the the three two you know majority changes. Um, depending on whatever the, the issue is we're discussing. Yeah. So there's not this hard line majority. And I think kind of changing that, restoring what the past, um, the, the kind of the legacy of our former county supervisors was, where you'd have people like Kachu Asajian or Frank Meacham who would mm-hmm. be the swing vote, um, I think is, is certainly one of the things that I'm interested in. What's like the hardest part about is it? Is it asking for money from people? Is it the... Uh, I was talking to Lynn yesterday. It's about the the signs. I mean, you know, going uh, the, the having to hang the signs up, or where do you, do you put one here? That you know what I mean? Just like there's so many little things that just like, ugh. oh, running a campaign of this size where you're you know raising hundreds of thousands of dollars is a huge task. Um, I'm so fortunate to have hundreds of volunteers, you know, that are involved in so many ways, from uh, canvassing in the field to making phone calls to putting signs up to writing postcards and it really is a community effort. What is like your day like? Oh, the day is busy. Um, it's hard to manage, you know, the law practice. That's what I do in my private life. You're a lawyer? I'm a lawyer, yeah. yeah. I run a small business and estate planning uh, practice. And then, um, you know, the city council business. And beyond that, I serve on a number of regional boards. I have board meetings all the time. Yeah. And you then have the to campaign the- on top of it. Well, yeah, I was going to say, like, I imagine the campaign's got to be pretty much front and center. How does that, I mean, it's got to be kind of front and center with the rest of the stuff, right? Absolutely. And it's just, you know, constant phone calls from people who are interested and trying to decide, you know, who they're going to vote for. And, you know, a lot of uh, messages coming through social media and through email and just constant engagement with the public. In the evenings, I try to go out and, and walk doors, you know, mm-hmm. walk and knock, talk to people. And it's really interesting. I've I've walked... I think over 1,600 doors so far personally. 
our campaign has walked 16,000 doors. Oh, my gosh. Really good, a good idea of what the pulse is, you know, on the on, on the voters' minds in yeah. the county. What are people really kind of... Uh, water, water, water. Is it, yeah. You know, they're really worried about the drought. They're worried about, you know, having a, a reliable supply of water for the future. Um, you know, public safety comes up in the unincorporated areas a lot, in Apomo specifically, um, where they just, they know that they don't have the level of service that we have in the city. You know, AG, we've got AGPD, more law enforcement presence. You've got a couple de- deputies at times, you know, that patrol all of South County from Oceano out to Napomo, you know, all the way out Highway 166. Um, so that's certainly something that comes up as we see an uptick in, you know, property crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and beyond that, you know, it's uh, it, road maintenance. Hey, what are we going to do about our roads? They're and your district will be, like that. The, the district that you're involved with, it'll be where? Uh, so South County, South County right? uh, District 4 includes Napomo, Aurora Grande. It used to include Oceano, but yeah. it was drawn out. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, now it includes the whole east side of the county going all the way up to Pozo, California Valley, um, Carrizo Plain, and oh, wow. south so side co- slow. So everything south of the airport as well. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good three club. It's big. Yeah. Yeah. Big. Oh, we're going to come back. We're going to hang out with Jimmy Paulding. It is 744. Some local headlines brought to us by our friends at... Pacific Wine Services, uh, serving winemakers, wineries with services like crush, fermentation, blending, racking, barrel storage, ba- uh, barrel maintenance, even bottling. Visit them online, PacificWineServices.com. Up and Adam in the morning. Thanks for being up and Adam in the morning. It is the crush, 92.5811. It is Thursday. Jimmy Paulding is in studio. Uh, thanks for being up and Adam in the morning. Helps when I turn your mic on. I had mic on four. You're on mic three. Sorry, buddy. Go ahead. Hey, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Are you uh, you normally an early riser or what? Um, it depends, really. Sometimes I'll have a, a city council meeting that goes late, so I'll try to you know sleep in. But yeah. yeah, I get up pretty early. We were just talking about our dogs. You have um, even Lynn said you have a really really cute dog, a miniature golden doodle, a miniature golden doodle. Yeah. So it's not even uh, how big? Like how, how what's so how, twenty pounds? That's him. Name's Remy. That's what Georgie is. Twenty pounds. It's the perfect size. Yeah, and he we got him as a rescue. He has probably he's there's another breed in there. He's not one hundred percent mini doodle, but uh, he's got the poodle and the golden retriever qualities for sure. Really? Yeah. He like the, he likes the water. Uh, he doesn't. Well, he he's got the poodle smarts. Yeah. And then the loving side of the golden retriever. Yeah. yeah. We have poodle mixed with our dog. Did they just make great? I think you mix a poodle with anything. It's just like a better dog. I agree. <laughs> so you you re- you rescued one. How did you find that? That must have been a little gold yeah, mine. Yeah. So it was about. Well, it's been ten years now. Wow. Um, yeah. Kendra and I, my wife and I, were headed to Costco, and there was a little um, setup out in front. Petmatchmaker.com was yeah. the company, and they. Go and get dogs from, um, you know, animal shelters throughout the uh, state of California. And so Remy actually came from Kern, uh, the Kern Valley Pound. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's like, um, that's a really, really, that's even before they were like hot 10 years ago. I mean, now those golden doodles are like, or the labradoodles, they're super popular. And who would give one up? We just saw him I know. there. He was I know, all, right? Yeah, his hair was, he was 10 months old. His hair was all matted. So he kind of, oh. the, you know, the dreadlocks and all that. Pretty smart. Good with the commands and stuff. Oh, yeah. Pretty trained. I had a lab for a long time. Man, they'll get into anything. And I mean, is, is he a little mischievous or what? Um, Not too much. No, that's good. Yeah. I grew up with labs. I had a big black lab growing up. Yeah. Duke was the best dog. Remy is now the best dog. Really? Yeah, I know. I, I had a dog, Allie, for 13 and a half years, and she had a viral video, and just the connection that we had, I, it was a gift. I got Allie right after my mom died, and had had her for, you know, her whole life, and 
super sad. It took me five years to be even like be able oh. to like convince myself I could love another dog again. And now Georgie has just completely stole oh. our hearts. Yeah, so it's really amazing what these dogs will do for us. Oh, you know. Yeah, he's my walking buddy. You know, he'll paw at my leg halfway through the day if I haven't taken him yet. Yeah. It's like, it's time to go. Let's get that exercise. Makes you wonder what people see in cats when there are dogs. Like, why would you get a cat if we have dogs on this earth? You don't want to piss anyone off. Well, I, grew, I grew up with cats, too, so <laughs> oh, did I, have, you? I just have cat allergies, so that's why I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. cats. But I think they have their value, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's all about them, though. It's, it's debating. I'm still debating that one. Um, <laughs> we got Jimmy Paulding in here. See, he's running for something, so you can't say anything bad about cats. Um, so you're running for supervisor. Let's talk about some quick hits. One, uh, Diablo. Should it stay open? Uh, I think, look, you know, the governor, obviously, right now is looking at whether or not um, it should, based on our current energy consumption, the fact that we are not going to be able to bring on renewable sources of energy like offshore wind in time. Um, and so we're almost moving makes, too fast now. I mean, look, we're having to do brownouts and right. black. They're, they're expecting blackouts this summer. Right. What are we, a third world nation? We're California. Yeah, we've got to keep the power on. And so it, it definitely makes sense if it can be done uh, in a safe way and extend the license for a few more years. Um, that's certainly something that. You know, if we have the federal alignment, the state alignment, you know, if PG&E is on board again, they're in the driver's seat. Yeah, for sure. Um, then, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was weird. We were even seeing people like Don Ortiz Lake and Jordan Cunningham and Gavin, Gavin Newsom, like, all trying to, I think, be like, yeah, I don't know if we should really shut this off, guys. You know what I mean? I would just say, you know, it's also, if we're going to talk about how to, how to make that happen, uh, because it's going to, I won't say it'll take an act of God, but... Just looking at the licensing required, there's so many regulatory uh, mm -hmm. functions that are going to have to be kind of streamlined and perhaps legislation, um, looking at the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, for example, and its rules related to relicensing. Um, we should be looking at offshore wind and other um, objectives that we have at that from that same vantage point. How do we streamline that? How do we work toward that goal mm -hmm. um, of expediting those things? And offshore wind for the Central Coast could be a really good thing for our economy and for bringing in new sources of power. Yeah. What about uh, dunes? Do we keep the dunes open? So the dunes, my position, and and you know, full disclosure, I serve on the Air Pollution Control District Board. So my uh, job has been over the last four years. Uh, to ensure that we are reducing air pollution. And at times, we have the worst air quality in the nation on the Napomo Mesa, um, where we're seeing constant exceedances of federal and state standards. So consistent with my position back in 2017 and 2018 when I ran for supervisor, um, we we have to solve that problem if we can, if we have tools to do that. And if the you know OHV, the off-highway vehicle riding, can coexist with that, then so be it. And we now have the data and information to prove that that we can do that. So we've seen, based on the mitigation that we've installed in the form of, you know, sand fencing and vegetation, we've seen a reduction in emissions of about 20% year over year. Um, the goal is 50%. So it's going to take some more acreage, you know, of that mitigation to get there. But it's not, um, it, it's not going to take all the acreage and, um, you know, the writing can, can continue. And so I, I just wish people would want to work toward that win-win solution as opposed to digging their heels in and saying, like, well, yeah. not another inch. You know? are, are people trying, is this, a, is this a hot thing because you're going to be serving that side of town? Is, are people talking about this? Are they trying to, like, get an answer from you on that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. As I was mentioning, you know, I've walked a ton of doors and it certainly comes up. Um, part of that was is there was a negative messaging campaign in 2017 that says Jimmy Paulding wanted to shut down the dunes. It's like, no, 
Jimmy Paulding wanted to uh, try to address the air quality issue. And if we could do that without impacting, you know, the the writing and the economy, then then let's do that. And we've shown that we can. Yeah. So there's no Was, were those those studies to shut down the dunes. Yeah. Know? Were those those studies like didn't they do some stuff where they they were trying to monitor to see how much sand was going up there, and they found out like the sand up there is really not the same sand. And they, I mean, the Palmas got its own sand. I can't but, even count, you know, how many studies there have been yeah. over the years. Um, it seems like almost every other week there's another, or at least every other month there's another study. Um, you know, I've had long conversations with technical experts. We have our scientific advisory group that works on this for the Air Pollution Control District. And technically, this particular issue is within the scope and purview of the hearing board. But, so it's an appellate um, board that, that is responsible for ensuring that State Parks does what's required under the stipulated order of abatement, basically a contract that says they have to do this mitigation to bring our air quality into compliance. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, having gone through... These issues with the technical experts having received the reports that we do, um, you know, on a pretty frequent basis, uh, I firmly believe that the OHV activity out there contributes to the problem and that there's a way to fix it. And that's what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. There was a thing where some said you um, and then you made a video on this, too, about like voting a, a raise for the city council. And like you, you voted a couple of times not to like so it would be on the agenda, but then it got on the agenda. But then you voted for it. So there is you going like, oh, yeah, I'm voting for the raise. And then in the Tribune, you go a few paragraphs down. And it's like, oh, I mean, it was going to pass anyway, so I just voted for it. Do you feel like you that went well for you? Do you feel like, yeah, I mean, maybe I should have just stuck to my guns and voted it no, and then this wouldn't be a big pain in my ass right now? Or how do you feel like that unfolded and all worked out? Well, it's an interesting thing. So for, to provide some context, um, there have been, I think, probably three or four <clears throat> hit mailers that have been sent out, uh, funded by the largest developer in South County. Um, and that is intended, obviously, to support Lynn Compton. I think he thinks she'll probably vote for his project, um, which would build 1,300 you know, luxury homes in the community of Napomo. Uh, that has been one of the primary points of attack. They're saying that I voted to increase my salary on the AG City Council from um, about $300 to $643 a month. Oh, yeah, you guys don't um, make much. I know, totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I voted against it twice. When we had the discussions at the council level, the first uh, discussion, it was a 3-2. Two council members voted against it. And the discussion at that point was whether it should go into effect during our current term or go into effect yeah. after all of us had had to finish out our terms and then run for re-election again, thus not, you know, if nobody would be giving themselves a raise. And then the second time I voted against it, I was in the minority. It was four to one. And then when it finally got to the uh, just the adoption, the routine adoption of the ordinance um, that went into effect, that would go into effect uh, December of this later this year. After it was like a five zero thing. Uh, yeah, I just voted for the consent agenda along with everything else. And I could have pulled it for separate consideration and said, you know, just wanted to reiterate. You Do know, you wish you did now? Support the, uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah that would have been. Uh, obviously, huge not paying your ass right now. Yeah, because they took something and they spun it to make it sound like I wanted to give myself a raise, and I didn't. Well, you think give yourself a raise, like give a raise. Say again. I mean, maybe not so much give yourself a raise because who knows if your supervisor wouldn't even be. It'll be a new point. But I mean, I think it would just. I mean, was it, it would have just been easier just to be like, eh, I'm just going to stick to my guns and not do it because you wouldn't have to deal with any of this now. Yeah, yeah, but you again, know. it's interesting how non-issues like this become an issue. Uh, on the campaign because 
uh, organizations like this political action committee that was called Back the Badge that isn't funded by law enforcement, that's funded by the largest developer in town, send out a bunch of mail as hit pieces that actually cited articles, Cal Coast News articles, that stated I voted against it, right? And then in all their messaging, they would say, uh, you know, he he voted for it and and overlooked the fact that in those two important discuss, you know, council discussions, yeah. I made my case against it, right? So yeah. it's just a lot of misinformation. Uh, how, how is um, getting endorsements? Is that do you have to go ask people for that? Is that tough, or is that like, hey, I'm going to endorse you? Oh, would you come on and do something? Is that kind of like one of those parts? Is, is it awkward to do that? Are endorsements even like? Do you need them anymore? Is it great to have like? You know, a, a paper or a person or a, an entity endorse you? What do you think? I think endorsements matter. It's an indicator, you know, that there's a, a group or a particular well-respected individual in the community that, yeah. that is behind you. So I know that um, the endorsement of our former Rio Grande police chief, Rick Turbork, and former um, San Luis Obispo police chief, um, Jim Gardner, those really carry a lot of weight, or Brian Talley's endorsement. Um, when people can look to business leaders or you know law enforcement leaders and and know that they're behind me, you know that there's a, a level of obviously trust that they have in my ability to do the job and that I have integrity and that I'm you know trying to do good for our community. Do you want to um, do this for a long time? Do you want to? I mean, you're you're a young dude. Do you want to go state level? What 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 are your aspirations? Yeah. So right now, you know, serving on the city council is just an honor and a pleasure. I really do appreciate the job. Um, it's got so many different unique aspects. There's the relationship you have with staff where you're behind the scenes, you're trying to work through problems. Um, you're getting briefed, you know, on a regular basis about what's going on in the city. And then you've got all of the, you know, constituent related issues that you're dealing with people. You're the kind of direct line, you know, with the public and, um, and then you've got the city council meetings where you're dealing with policy matters, you're hearing from the, the community, um, you're doing long-term planning, you know, it's it's really fascinating stuff. Yeah. Um, so the city council thing is great. The problem is it's not a full-time gig, right? So I've got to do my law practice um, and it's it, it's a it's a grind. It's, it's certainly challenging. The supervisor position is a full-time job. It's paid as a full-time position um, and it's it's, you know, kind of, I would say the the optimum, um, I guess, political position because you're still here in the community. You're still yeah. running into people at the grocery store. You're not, you know, in Sacramento or in Washington. Um, and you're you're able to affect positive change for the 280,000 people of us yeah. that live here. Yeah, it's a big job, no doubt. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. Uh, we got Jimmy Paulding here. Um, why your um, your signs? When, do you have to, does someone just go like, oh, Let's be red with a star. This like how do you how do you design your signs? Yeah. I, I like red. Red's my favorite color. If I was ever running for something, I would totally go red. Yeah, I've always liked the color red. Um, you know, Lynn had blue on her signs, so, so you got to be like twenty seventeen. We're like, well, we're just going to do the opposite. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So they stand out a little different. Yeah, and, then and they to, pop. They you know they definitely get your attention. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then you drive by, you're like, you say, and then it was funny because she was um, she was joking yesterday how you know where, where she lives like. Um, you know, she's got one near house that's a sign of hers, but like once she drives out, there's one person that's got your sign, so she sees it. It's just so funny. These, these, you know, these signs are, are such a thing. Um, do you have to like go to people who have like big lots and be like, Hey, I would really love to put a sign here. Like, how does that work? You know, I haven't done that. Like on the big signs? I probably should have. Um, it's mainly just people reaching out to the campaign saying, Hey, we want to put up a sign. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, uh, um, like, Hey, we got a big lot on. You know, eighth and oak, and exactly. Let's let's th throw it down. Right, and then of course the I'd say one of the positive aspects of the campaign 
is the the fact that my neighborhood is like basically painted red. So yeah. you know, driving home after a long day of canvassing or whatever it is, it's just you know, when your neighbors are behind you, there's a, I think it signals that you're a good person, <laughs> right? Is your wife <laughs> they know you? Was your wife like, oh, you really want to do this? Are you sure you want to do this? Oh, uh, she's behind me 100. percent Oh, good. She's also the campaign manager. Um, she's just all in and uh, such a talented, hardworking person. We're, we're just a, we're a team. I could not imagine doing it without her. That's awesome. Couple words on like homelessness because it's such an issue. We're talking about it off the air. If you start with it's a housing problem, I'm going to freak out. Um, <laughs> don't even say it. <laughs> it's a housing problem. No. no, yeah. What 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 is you know? And look, and obviously we're not going to solve it right here in this moment. But my God, it is such a is such an issue here. What what on earth to do? So I speak to it in the sense that it's an opportunity as much as it is a challenge. And that sounds like political speech, but I really well, it is, yeah, speak, okay. but I believe that it's, it's true. So whether you're more conservative leaning and you're just like, hey, we need to reclaim our public spaces, our parks, our beaches, our sidewalks. Um, you know, our families should should have the opportunity to go to the park without having to interface with, you know. Isn't that funny uh, that that's a conservative thing now? Or, I mean, that should just be a regular person thing. Well, yeah, and that's, <laughs> I, I would say, true, too. Um, Okay, but for this analogy, I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're more left-leaning and you say, okay, let's approach these people with compassion and empathy, they're humans, let's, let's figure out how for to sure. deal with this. Um, state law right now says that in order to clear these encampments, we have to have shelter capacity for them to, to go to. So it's a way to unite the community to say, look, this is what it is. Let's build the shelter capacity so we can clean up our public spaces. Um, what if they don't want shelters, though? Services. Say again? What if they don't want shelters, though? What if they don't want to... Right. And the rules of them and all that kind of stuff. That's the biggest challenge yeah. because, you know, we can we can increase the level of mental health, you know, support, resources, services, uh, drug addiction treatment and all of that, which we need to big time. Yeah. I mean, the mental health crisis is a separate and related crisis. Um, Good point. Yeah. But uh, I think when and at the state level, obviously, there's been this effort. The governor, you know, had a proposal that talked about in you know, some circumstances, how to force these individuals to, to, to you know, to have, take treatment um, and a specific, a specific judicial process in order to, to facilitate that. That is the trickiest, but uh, we were talking earlier a little bit about this too. The, the numbers, when you look at the point in time count that's done on a, a pretty regular basis, um, we see that the majority of homeless people in our community are not the ones that are chronically homeless that are struggling with the serious mental health and drug addiction issues. Mm. And um, I share the story, you know, I was at, at a booth with at Slow Farmers Market and a woman came up to me and she's talking about uh, just trying to figure out who I was and what I was running, why I was running. And um, she mentioned that she's in South County. And I was like, oh, where? You know, I wanted to figure out if she was a voter in the district. And she then explained that she's living out of her car uh, she's got kids, and they're, the number of single moms, you know, that are in that situation would would really kind of, um, I think, surprise people if they uh. knew. And so that's a huge aspect of this. And I, it's it's not an exact percentage, but it is close to like seventy percent of the homeless or the unhoused in our community are more in that down on their luck, uh, kind of in that category rather than the chronically homeless. Right. So. Um, it, it is about, you know, finding ways to really serve that population and their needs. Yeah. Oh, you hear stories like that. It breaks your heart. Oh yeah. And, um, it's so so much different than like the person who's running up to my car, beating on my window on the corner of Marsh and Broad. They're the ones you deal with and see. Exactly. That's the visible part. Right. Great point. Yeah. Um, so in AG, one of the things that we have been working on is working with the faith-based community, 
Um, and I was able to help bring a bunch of churches together, church leaders, to talk about how they could do safe parking programs right out of their church parking lots mm-hmm. as opposed to us having to do a government sponsor. Yeah, were they receptive to that? Uh, two churches initially. Um, there's definitely one that's, that's um, you know, into totally committed at this point right now. Cool. Um, and the trick then becomes how do you do it in a safe way? How do you mm-hmm. ensure the safety of the people that are going to park there? You know, security considerations, restrooms. And then the county's really now starting to step up and implement a new plan. Um, so there's a lot of coordination that has to take place there. Yeah, no doubt. But it's all just there's <clears throat> safe parking. There's building these pallet homes, um, you know, the permanent supportive housing. And I'll just make one more argument. Um, and that is if we fully quantified the costs to us taxpayers of dealing with the homeless population in terms of the amount of interface between law enforcement and the, and the burden on law enforcement, um, you know, the paying for them to be in our jails because we have no other place, mm-hmm. um, you know, in our ERs. I think that we can make a fiscal case that a fiscally conservative um, and responsible case that putting the money up front now to build that shelter capacity to increase the services to really you know, do the best we possibly can. Right now, we only have 20% capacity in the community mm. um, that we can we can actually save taxpayer money over time. Wow. So, and that's one of the things that I'd, I'd like to lead is really yeah. fully studying that at a regional level. That's so interesting. Uh, Jimmy Paulding, I know you got a, a, a appointment coming up and I want to get you down on time. It was really cool to finally meet you. I hear you, you, like, you like wine? I love wine. Yeah, we should have a glass of wine sometime. I would really enjoy that. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Well, good luck with everything. It was really cool for you to come in here and uh, and chit-chat about some things. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, it was cool to meet you. And um, website? Uh, JimmyPaulding.org. All right, cool. It was fun to have Lynn yesterday, you today. It was cool. She said she said a lot of sweet things about uh, your dog. And I guess she knew your mom. Your mom was a teacher or something? Yeah, or? I think my mom taught her uh, daughter at Yeah, and that's yeah. such a small world, right? It is. Well, good luck with everything. Jimmy Paulding is up and Adam in the morning. Thanks for being here, my man. All right. Thank you, Adam. Up and Adam in the morning. With Adam on Weekday mornings, 6 to 10 a.m. The Fresh 92.5. The perfect blend.